0: what's going on everybody uh, Quentin Flores I'm hanging out with Marco and I'm hanging out with my buddy Aaron We're this is an episode of ask wholesale and uh, we're going to go over a bunch of different questions guys and one of the first ones is when is the best time to reach out to your leads and uh, more or less guys uh, almost any time is a perfect time to re- uh, reach out to your leads but we're gonna be going over the specifics on the best times you know the best situations and how you can ma- mix and match it and make it happen
1: And we're also going to be going over, what do you do when you get a property? How do you let your buyers know? How do you basically market it?
2: That's critical information. And then lastly, for our newer wholesalers, should you get started in your own backyard, your local market, or should you virtually wholesale to get started? So watch this episode. Watch this episode, episode,
0: guys. There's tons of value. Don't miss out. Thank you guys so much.
2: So we are at the fourteenth uh, episode 14. of Ask Dang. Wholesale, and this one is uh, put a star next to it because we have an awesome special guest with us, Mr. Quentin Flores. What's going on, everybody? Q Home yeah. Solutions in the house. He's like <laughs> a he's like a real estate ninja. He can do a little bit of everything, and he's uh, he's someone that is really helpful as well. So you want to make sure when he tells you how to reach out to him, to reach out to him. So tell us a little bit about
0: yourself what's going on everybody my name is Quentin Flores I'm originally born in Cleveland I came down over here when I was about 12 and I've been investing in real estate for about five years Uh, I love real estate investing prior to doing that I wasn't living such a good life I was selling dope and I was trying to get by I could barely make enough money to feed myself and my lady with a kid on the way and a mounting bunch of pressure I was able to completely change my life around through real estate I mean I completely changed it so I mean real estate has got to be the most beautiful thing to ever happen to me and i love it man i preach it and i'll talk about it all all day every day (laughs) and you have a powerful story because you went from
2: one end of the spectrum to the other and you can relate with anybody in any situation and and give them true feedback of what you came across and what you handled to get to where the major success you're at today which Mm -hmm. is really cool and then if you haven't seen some of our past episodes this is aaron perez uh i think they already know me oh yeah probably (laughs) he is a celebrity He's with us at Hilco Homes. He's he's the man that makes it happen. So we wanna get into your questions. The purpose of this show is we answer your questions in the realm of wholesaling, but also real estate in general. So we've taken your questions, we're gonna answer them today. So let's just get right into it. The first question is, uh, when is the best time to reach out to your leads? I think that's a
1: great question. What, what, what would you say, Aaron, on that best one? Best time to reach out to your leads? It dep- every lead's is different, but I would say the best time when you're first working the lead is every day. Um, I would reach out to the... To that's the fundamental. <laughs> <laughs> you need to make sure you're reaching out every day for it, sure. Well, when, when it's a brand new lead, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, you reach, I, for me, I would want to reach out to them every day. Once you kind of get more of the story of what's going on, what's really going on, maybe they're going through an eviction or whatever the process is, to where you don't necessarily have to reach out every day, but you do want to set up a date, a future date to where you do, okay, you want me to reach out to you tomorrow? When will be a good time to reach out? And then you get that date from them. But typically every day when it's a brand new lead, but after that you can maybe reach out twice a week, once a week, kind of go from there. For me,
0: I like to separate it out in time zones. So for me, whenever I'm following up with lead, it's either going to be anytime between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. and anytime between 11:30 and 2:30 For the lunch hour, because in the morning you're just checking your phone, everybody has their phones in the morning, I don't care who you are, it's 2018. (laughs) So I'm always looking at memes, and I'm looking at different things that are going to catch my attention, and I'm looking at the text message I might have missed or the calls that I might have missed. So I think that the first call in the morning is probably the best, because you're going to catch them right when they wake up. If not then, you can wait toward the afternoon, lunchtime, everybody has a lunch hour between 11.30 and 1.30, so that's where I stick that time frame in. Any other call that I make on that time frame is after 6 p.m and that's just for me to follow up with the leads and I want it to be convenient for the seller for me to be calling that person I don't want it to be in a rush I don't want them to feel as if I am dogging them for like let me buy your goddamn house you know what I mean like when it's like that uh, you're putting too much pressure on something that might even be a sensitive subject yeah so I call during the best times that I think are you know readily available that where I think the seller would be more I guess persuaded to talking to me, if that makes sense. I think there's
2: a a few ways that you need to look at this when it comes to calling your leads. Number one is if you have a lot of time, then you can call leads every day. If if you have limited time, uh, sometimes it's best to schedule all your follow-ups on Tuesdays and Thursdays or Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, depending on your schedule. Um, You need to have a CRM system of some sort that's a management system for your leads so that you can indicate what day, specific day, you need to follow up with the person, whether it's next Monday, whether it's two weeks from now, whether it's six months from now. Mm -hmm. That needs to be logged in your CRM, so when you check your CRM every day, you know who you need to be calling. And as far as time of day, yes, generally, you want to be reaching out to people early in the morning, in the lunchtime and afternoon or evening after, after work. But be mindful of them. So what you can do is ask them, like Aaron was saying, What's a good time of day to reach out to you? Not just like the day Saturday, but what time at Saturday? And you need to put that in your CRM system. The other thing is paying attention to when they respond to you. So if they respond to you at one o'clock, every time right around there between one and two, that's probably the best time to reach out to them. So be mindful of uh, what's going on with them, asking them those specific questions, and then taking good notes is how you can be successful. And one little tidbit I'll give, just bonus, when it doesn't even have to come to leads, if you're trying to get a hold of like, somebody that's like really busy or like, especially like really successful people, other businesses like Quentin over here, uh, <laughs> I'd make them my priority phone call. I, they're like my first phone call of the day. So I might call them right around eight in the morning or 7.30 or maybe 8.30, right in that really early morning timeframe. Cause that's usually when you're gonna get them to answer and respond to you because they're busy people and they get in the groove of their workday and they're dealing with building their businesses and stuff like that so you want to catch them before the workday is demanding on them so that's just like a tidbit bonus highlight extra right, extra for i got you. one more tidbit oh dang right here <laughs> boom it just keeps going so
1: so what i was going to say is yeah um sometimes too what i'll do is i'll text them first hey uh oh, yeah? i need to speak with you today can you let me know what time to call you and sometimes I'll text back. Not only that, sometimes I'll actually call if they don't answer, but then they text me right away. So if they respond with a text, then I would say respond back with a text because obviously they better text than call and at least better communic I mean, communication even through texting is better than not communicating at all. So
2: mm-hmm. Awesome. Love it. We just gave like golden nugget after golden nugget right here. Yep. All right. So question number two is when you get a deal, how do you let your buyers know? So that's a good one. Do
0: you in want to say In my start? yeah, in my personal in, in my business when i get a deal i make sure that i've already analyzed it and i've broken it down and i already know the amount of money that i can tack on versus the amount of money that my buyer is going to pay it's always important to have your due diligence done before you let your buyers know i think that you need to have a clear title on it because the last thing that you want is to waste a buyer's time let's say i put a house on contract automatically i just want to see how much i can get for it if i can get it sold if you're going to do it that way that's not necessarily the right way you need to know from the get-go that your buyer is going to buy it by doing your own due diligence you got to see it as if it's going to be your money because 60, 70, $100,000, this is a large amount of money, the buyer needs to be protected. So for me, I make sure that all due diligence is done is prior to me sending it to anybody and I make sure that we have clear title before I send it out to my buyer database. That makes you just prepared for any questions that they're gonna
2: ask you too, so that whenever they're asking your questions, instead of being like, oh, let me get back to you, you're like ready to answer them and you can start getting to the conversation and saying, hey, let's go look at the house or whatever. Mm
0: But I would say that once those things are set in stone, I have my numbers to the T, I have the rehab bids to back out what I'm pushing, and I also have access to the property via lockbox or appointment, however it's going to be set up, I always make sure that I brush a title commitment using whatever title company I'm doing. Uh, I'm using, I use Patricia Sanchez with Capital Title. She'll get me a capital. uh, Shout out. Shout out. Yeah, shout out. She'll get me a title commitment in literally two days, and by then I'll know what's going on. If there are things that I need to move around, I address those things prior to up a buyer, it's always important that you know your deals, guys. If you know that your buyer is going to buy it, then it's okay for you to assume that you can do certain things. If you know that there's a $10,000 spread in profit, then calculate what you can use out of this $10,000 that you know that you're going to make and put it into what you can do to clear the title whether that be filing affidavits of airship, uh, removing judgments and liens via whatever attorney that you use to do that i used uh... victor moss i recently started using another attorney here in town named judith gray and she does a lot of note creations but she'll also help you guys remove some debt on you know what whatever deals that you guys got in front of you and that's one of the most important things because a judgment or lien can make a break a deal so just throwing so that do, in there as a bonus you
2: leverage your team on all you do that's exactly
0: uh, Alright, so what about you
2: Aaron? Like how do we do it whenever we're we're putting a deal out there?
1: Well, we typically, I mean we typically blast it right away. Um, now, depending if it's an area, we're not too sure. When you say
2: blast, what do you mean blast? Emo blast, you put email together emo
1: blast. We have a list of buyers. We actually have a VA that does it for us. We have video walkthrough, pictures, Google map, comps, we have everything on there that a buyer would need to basically and same thing what we'll do we're now we're starting to do we have bids too, to tour uh, basically it, it it allows us to not have the buyers question us as far as where did we get this where did we get that we have everything on the email
2: well it helps the buyer to right. make an informed decision all right, right, right. That's that as well
1: but we also depending on the area depending if it's uh, something we're not really used to in a certain area we'll you know we'll pre-sell it and say hey um i really don't know this area i know you do what are your thoughts on it and they'll kind of tell me what they need to be at and then based off of that. I kind of know how to work it.
2: That's awesome. So, uh, some really good components when you're putting your deals out there to your buyers is number one, you know when a contract's about to be coming through. So when you know that, uh, what I like to do prior to the email blast is the people that I know buy in that either area based on zip code or that price point or the proper exit strategy, you know, maybe it's a rental exit. You know, I'm gonna be reaching out to those people that I think this is gonna to pertain to. And I can give them maybe the preliminary numbers, but at the very minimum say, hey, tomorrow, make sure to check your email. I'm gonna be sending you a deal that I think is gonna work for you. Or by Friday, I should be having this. Prepping them so that when that email comes through, they already had that mental note to check it rather than just like to keep going on. Because these people, they're buying tons of properties. They're communicating with lots of people. They have a lot of things going on. You know, you're just another notification that they get. So if you can uh, uh, generate a way to uh, bring attention to what you're doing, uh, that's always really good. And then after you do the email blast, it's the standard. Hey, start calling. You should always have a list. Call through your list. Text through your list. Touch everybody in your network. Um, so you're blasting everybody at once, being very time efficient, and then you're doing individual contacts so that you can touch those people that may have been busy and missed your email. Oh, let me re-forward it to you, or whatever, you can answer people's questions. Uh, but that's the approach that would be really effective.
0: I want to throw this out there too, and this is something that I've seen Hilco do a lot, and this is something that I like and that I've applied to my own business, is that a lot of buyers like buyer exclusivity, meaning that... Rather I, okay, so you'll see the average wholesaler. Okay? Let's say you have you know a bunch of wholesalers on your group. You know, let's say that person's sending you, you get the notification every time they post into a Facebook group or something like that. They put all the details of the property into that 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 post, and suddenly it's not very exclusive because you're marketing it to literally everybody, and not everybody is a investor in those groups. You have the address, you have the numbers, and this is more or less just this is what's for sale, first come first serve. And I think that what I love most about what you guys do and And this is one of the best verbiages that you could use when you are marketing your property is how you guys doing? I have a deal in 78207. Is anybody interested? It is hot. Contact me. Put some fire emojis in there, maybe some (laughs) exclamation marks. What I love about that is that if I do buy in 78207, then I'm gonna definitely message Marco. I'm exclusive to that 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 zip code and I actually love buying property there. So it takes away the whole this is for everybody? No, this is for the specific person who's buying in this specific area, and we would love to give you the first right of refusal on it, and I think that's one of the things that I've taken from what Hilco's done, and I've applied it to my own. I love that.
1: I just finished telling another guy that I went to go look at a house with right now. I, fin- I just finished telling him the same thing that we really don't market on Facebook, and if we do, it's more like what you just said, like zip code or, or like who buys in the Burbank area or whatever. We really don't. We really don't do... We we won't put addresses and stuff like that because like you said, it doesn't make it a hot deal. Well, it Mm -hmm. spurs
2: a conversation and then when you have a conversation, you're building a relationship and this business is a people business, it's a relationship business, those kind of things. So awesome. Okay. So I love that one. I think we're on a roll. Episode 14, man. is going to go in the books. Go in the books. (laughs) Definitely, bro. All right. So number three is I am getting started. Should I find a deal in my local market or look for deals in another market first?
0: I think, in my personal opinion, you need to be aware of your own market, because where you live is ultimately going to be where you're going to plant your feet in your business. If you're venturing off into foreign territory, it's never right. I mean, if you guys have read the, the, the what was it, the Book of War, the Art of War, right? Yeah, mean, yeah. you never venture off into a territory that you don't know about unless you have connections there. You use other people's knowledge of the territory to gain the advantage on the terrain of which you're going to battle to the death on, if that makes any I, I, sense. I love, <laughs> your analogy. I love your analogy. okay yeah and I, for me I think it's super important to be able to conquer where you're at then and there know your area because you're already living in it you got to get an idea of what each side of town has to bring to the table you know which sides of town to market you know which sides that you probably should stay away from you know I think there's a I like to think there's a buyer for every side of San Antonio section 8 east side hood side you know any any area really it just takes the right buyer forward however the only reason that you would know something like that is because you're familiar with your terrain. Venturing off into foreign territory sets yourself up for massive destruction of the enemies, <laughs> <laughs> the enemy team, the enemy warrior battalion, whatever. That's so awesome. you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, watch out for that 300. Kinda kinda.
2: Right. Uh, I would completely agree. I mean, especially for somebody that's just getting started, I think they're just so many hurdles and learning lessons and things that you need to figure out to just get through a successful deal, that adding that extra component of you're working in a market that you're unfamiliar with, with people you can't, you know, physically see, to a property you can't go out to, you know, to get a lockbox over there, you have to work through somebody else or whatever. I think that's just adding a level of difficulty that's not necessary for when you're first starting out. Now, can you do it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do people do it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Some of the easiest deals are, are deals that are out in other markets, but they're also some of the hardest. So what I would say starting out is familiarize yourself with an area that your backyard, know your zip codes meet the people again this is about relationships it's easier to go to your local real estate investor association groups your meetups and meet the actual buyers that are going to buy your 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 inventory i would just say stick with your local try and be consistent there master it to an extent and then explore other markets
0: yeah yeah i'll take the words out of my mouth we we, we dropped the
1: mic (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) <laughs> I will
0: say though that it, I think once you get situated in your market and you can understand what you can do in your market. For example, I recently figured out exactly how to pull a list from my courthouse, and I love doing that. I can now do that at any courthouse and pretty much anywhere in any market. I think except for Cleveland, Ohio, because they're they're uh, where I'm from, which is so stupid. They're they um their counties and they saw your name and, and they different. said you
2: left us, so <laughs> no list <laughs> for right. you.
0: You know, and one of the things that I like most is that it's not hard to be able to pull out hot zip codes you could outsource things like this using listsource.com you can pull up the the top sales that were all cash in a certain market and now you have what zip codes are hot so that's one of the I think the most important things if you're going to venture off somewhere become familiarized with how to master your system first before you try to implement it anywhere else because if it's going to be somewhere where you're not set up you're going to have to be able to network and this is the power of networking people with with people and network with those that are within that market to be able to stretch your legs out further. Because once you have something set in stone, I, I think it can only grow so big, Because San Antonio is only so huge. Eventually, I would like to have a giant company here that does nothing but 20 to 50 deals, all wholesale deals for multiple investors here every single month. That's what I would like to. When I get to that point, it is then time to expand my marketing knowledge, and that's when I think it's okay to go off to another market. However, for the starting guy, you know, stick with what you're comfortable with and definitely s- set, set things up or gal you know stick with what you're comfortable you with me? and set things just up in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes you
2: man up man up all right I thought that was good man you really dropped some solid advice you know yeah, focus on getting your systems in place getting some consistency you know and then from there you can build off into other markets and, and Conquer those foreign territories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, cool. So we talked about real estate. I think that was some solid knowledge. I think that was some great insights. That was wonderful. Those so now great we got to. Yeah, yeah. Now we got to like loosen it up with some funness. We got to add some uh, uh, non real estate questions. So this was our fun question. By the way, so we answer your questions on the show. Yes, we answer your real estate questions. Drop them in the comments. We want to answer them for you on future episodes. But give us some fun questions too, like this one.
0: If you could time travel, where would you go? Oh, man, there's just so many. I'd go back in time and smack Hitler. I'd go back in time and you know, tell Bob Marley that you know he's going to die because he has cancer in his toe and he really needs to address it. I'd go back in time and meet John Lennon and tell him not to go outside of this certain place so that he wouldn't get shot. You know, th- I think that there's a lot of places. Mainly, so
2: moral of the story is, if you had a time machine, you wouldn't be that person. Like, we have to protect the fabric of time. <laughs> Instead, you'd be like, Nah, we need to fix this. We need to fix this. We need to go over here. here. You oh, actually were born too early. Let's put you back over here, <laughs>
1: right? <clears throat> for for me though honestly. i would love to
2: see that world Whatever you're
1: <laughs> but for me i kind of got the back to future mentality i go back in time and uh, i bet on the winning team there every you single go. time
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Mean, you know what i mean but what time would you go to to start these
1: bets uh it's probably when i'm 21 22 20. Oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm old enough to bet <laughs> there you go have like you ever that seen that
0: movie hot tub time machine it's yeah when while, they go back in time and if they go back to the 80s and one of the guys he recreates google and he calls it Lugal because his name's lou you know he becomes like a multi-millionaire later in the future because he's been able to set all this up i think that if i were to go back in time i would definitely want to be the first person to incorporate computer gaming and make it what i think would have been my dream, which would would be like the head of this whole like, you know, I made Apple or I made Mac yeah, yeah. or however, you know, and I was the person who thought of what would World of Warcraft what, like yeah, yeah, what, what, what would you call it? Yeah, what would you call, you call it? it? I'd call it Q Home Video Game Solutions. <laughs> 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 you know? I am noticing a theme.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not only can I buy your house, I'll whoop your ass in video games. You know what
0: I mean? <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, if I
2: were to go back in time, I think I would pick like I think I to pick like Italy or something like those Roman times. I think there's some pretty cool stuff happening. You know, I mean, being the the world power for a thousand years is pretty amazing. <laughs> pretty amazing. Or like,
0: well, which time though? Are we talking about? Are you like I trying got, to go no, back no, to like Leonidas or you like you know like. like uh, I just saw 300 was on Netflix, man. So yeah, I'm like 100 right? about this topic.
2: Uh, <laughs> I don't know if a specific time. I don't know. That, that'd be pretty cool. Or another good time I think would be really cool to live during is. Um, the Age of Discovery where they're like, you know, all right, we're going to put everything in the ship and we hope nobody dies. And we're going <laughs> to oh just go God. into the unknown. You're talking about the Hopefully Mayflower. land somewhere. <laughs> yes, yeah. make Like, that would be kind of cool. The I mean, Mayflower. risking your life, you know, and the people on your crew are like your bros to the end. Uh, that'd be kind of cool. I could see that. I could see that. Or Definitely.
1: That also reminds me, were you just saying that also I'd be the one to discover that the world wasn't flat? There you, oh, that'd be you? It'd be Aaron. You're like, day. put me in
0: them history books. It'd be Aaron
1: Day, not Columbus Day. There you go. There I you would go.
0: honestly take a light bulb. If, like, from here, hop into a time machine, go back there, and, you know, something I can plug the light bulb into and screw this shit on and just flip everybody out. because it would You'd be like bring oh my the God. energy efficient one. Let's just skip a <laughs> <laughs> few generations. This pretty much just, like, paves the way for like energy and electrical stuff so i think for me i mean that would have been a That'd good be find cool. i hate that it revolves around money i feel like i could change the world if i had a time machine there but you, go. you know i we would determine my that best it would definitely, you would definitely <laughs> change the world we
2: determined <laughs> yeah. that yeah okay so cool man i appreciate you coming this was a yeah, fun episode it. i think uh, everyone out there enjoyed it too so Uh, Quinton I know you're a very open guy you're willing to help people so if people want to just reach out to you and say What's up or just ask you questions? How could they reach out to you?
0: You can follow me guys on Instagram? I'm very active on Instagram. I do a lot of live videos. You can follow my Instagram story. You can follow me at um, at the real estate underscore beast on Instagram, and you can also follow my real, my, uh, my real estate page on Facebook, which is at Q Home Solutions, uh, LLC. I'd love to give you guys some questions. You can add me on Facebook too. My full name's Q Quentin Flores. Would love for you guys to just join me and see what I'm doing as far as building my real estate business, because I'm finally starting to get to the corporate level where I'm building a whole team. So I would love for you guys to come in and just join me on that adventure. And maybe you could pick my brain and take what you can from it and apply it to your business, because that's what's important. Awesome. Hey,
2: well, I appreciate you coming out. Thank Thank you so much for having me, y'all. I appreciate you
0: guys, thank you.
2: So again, this is Ask Wholesale. The whole reason we do this show is we want to answer your, we want to answer your questions about wholesaling about real estate maybe throw some fun questions at us too we want to give you some real tangible value so please send us your questions like us uh share this video other people can find us Uh, we'd appreciate that and we'll see you on the next episode ladies guys thank you
0: This is gonna make the negotiation process a heck of a lot easier, guys. Negotiation is extremely important because it's what's gonna separate you from 90% of the real estate community. It's gonna put you in the position to win. purchase this thing. Take a look at it. Let me know what you guys think about it. Give us some constructive criticism. And uh, yeah, man, as soon as we're done getting to it, you guys are going to just
1: change your whole world.